This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. And you may notice, hey, you know what, Ricky, Mark sounds a little different today. Why is that? Well, scheduling has been tough between us and Mark calling in on the MVP, MVP onside kick, whatever you want to call it, hotline today. So we got Mark over the phone, got another jam-packed show for you guys. But before I get into what we're going to talk about, I have a special announcement to make. Because of March Madness on the college side, me and Brandon talked about that in the primetime podcast, but in the onside kick, we always do a special kind of bracket about football where you guys get to vote, people move on, we find out the best. We did sports movies last year. Well, this year we're doing the best all-time wide receivers. We're going to have a link down to the first round down below for you guys, so go ahead, click that out, just Vote on that. Each week we will have the new round until we crown a champion this year for March. This year we're looking at the best wide receivers. But today on the podcast we're going to be looking at, it's a very Houston Texan Denver show with a little Patriot and Cardinal at the end. We've got Brock signing with Houston, signed exactly right after, the day after, Mark, that we recorded last week's podcast. Brock the Cock decided to uh, sign with the Texans. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, it, I, I go back and forth on it. I don't necessarily think it was the smartest move he could have made, uh, but I understand why he did it for two reasons. Reason one being, well, I want to get money. This team has more money. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes sense. I get that. Reason number two, I get it, but I get it slightly less. Uh, although I did call it way, way long ago, is, hey, you guys benched me. I was your starting quarterback, and you benched me. I'm out. See you later. However, the reason why I say I get that slightly less, like I get why he did it, but remember a certain quarterback that that Ricky Widmer loves quite a bit. Uh, He was enjoying his time as starting quarterback in the NFL. Things were going great. And his team, they didn't bench him, but they drafted a new quarterback. Not necessarily to replace him, just to have. Have on the roster. Maybe groom him, trade bait him, see whatever. And this quarterback who was the starter got upset and said, I want out. Everybody hated him for it. Ricky hates him to this day still. He still hates Jay Cutler. Still hates the man. Thought Brock you were going to go not. with a different name. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, who's he going to go with? Who is he? I thought you were going to go Tim Tebow, but yeah, you went Jay Cutler route. I went Jay Cutler because he's still in the NFL. Yeah, well, uh-huh. Tim Tebow worked on his throwing mechanics, and no one gave him the fifth chance. He's, you know, every every off season he improves his throwing mechanics. Still <laughs> cares. Uh, but you know, it's just interesting to me. Like everybody hated Jay Cutler for that. Brock Osweiler got benched for, you know, Peyton Manning, which is an understandable benching. No, it is. It totally is. Freaks out and says, I want out. To where also, kind of something that a lot of people are sleeping under the rug, 
he just stops talking to the Broncos. Like, there was mm-hmm. no real good negotiation because Brock Osler just stopped talking to them. And the, basically the Broncos organization says, oh, okay, I guess we're done. You know, and I, I think not a good look for, for the man who's the face of your franchise right now. Uh, kind of a childish reaction. I get it because he's young. You know, I think he's my age, 25. So I get that. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, I would have expected more people to, to jump on him for that, but it doesn't seem like very many people are. Well, and I mean the thing that I think of, and you make great points, and the thing that is the first thing is what did you expect to happen, Brock? You take the starting job because Gary Kubiak at the time was like, you know what, we're going to stick with, like, Peyton Manning's injured. He can't come out, so Brock, you're the starter. What did you think was going to happen when Peyton Manning, in his last season, got healthy? What did you think was going to happen? You were going to get benched and arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. I know we say the GOAT is Tom Brady, but Peyton Manning is pretty damn good himself. Arguably, we have two GOATs, and that is something that you don't get that often in any sport. What did you think was going to happen? So, I mean, the anger that I see from Brock that, you know what, it rubbed me the wrong way and I need a change of scenery. Like, that's something where, and you mentioned how I hate Jay Cutler. I never hated Jay Cutler for anything that went on in Denver. The thing I hate Jay Cutler for is, and it's the one thing that I think you have said it, but I know Dave from the fast break tells me all the time is that I'm wrong in categorizing Jay as this because he's not, but I hate how Jay doesn't put on the role of leader for the team Uh in a way that like Tom Brady would or Peyton Manning would or Eli would or the stereotypical quarterback where you are the leader. You're not supposed to look like like Jay Cutler. When I look at him, it looks like he doesn't give a shit like Mm -hmm. all the time. That's why we get like the smoking Jay Cutler memes, but yeah, a lot of people, you know, you're you're a little different in that case. A lot of people kind of it stems they already had a dislike mm-hmm. because of what happened in Denver. Well, that's because he was because kind of a little whiner about it. Out. That's what they see. Like he was the cry, like you'd see the Denver fans with the crybaby signs. Because oh, I want I want out of Denver. I want to trade. That's what they were thinking. Me with Brock, it's like, what did you expect to happen? And I'm looking at a quote from the Houston Chronicle where, of course, Brock is going to say this, where he goes and I quote, oh, it was very difficult to leave Denver. I'd be lying if I said anything different. I had a tremendous four seasons in Denver. Those are four years I'll always hold close to my heart. Coming to Houston was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And I'm in the same boat as you, Mark. I can understand why he went to Houston because... You're going to be the undisputed. It's kind of like in the WWE when we say undisputed champion, but you're going to be the undisputed starter for Houston. Even if it, even if they now draft a Christian Hackenberg in rounds two, three, four, whatever rounds he goes in, you're still going to be the starter of the Texans, no doubt. You're in no competition for that spot. Number two, you do get to play with a pretty damn good wide receiver, in DeAndre Hopkins, and you have 
one of the best defensive fronts in all of football, even if the Texans had lost Vince Wilfork like they did. You still have a great defense on the other side. The only missing piece for this team arguably was quarterback. However, I look at the other side and I go, your team just won the Super Bowl and you want to leave? Yeah. Like I say, DeAndre Hopkins is a good wide receiver, but so is Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it was a great team altogether. I mean, that defense was amazing. That, mm-hmm. that offense, you know, was good. It could have been better, obviously, but Peyton Manning wasn't the Peyton Manning that we all, you know, know and expect to see. He wasn't the uh, one from Indy, that's for sure. No, that's definitely for Or even the last couple of years mm-hmm. in Denver. Um, so it, you know, it just, do I think that he could, well, let me put it this way. Do I think a quarterback leaving Denver and going to Houston could do good things? Yeah, sure. I have no reason to think they can't. Bill O'Brien's been, you know, putting together a great team and getting them to play really, you know, fairly well. I don't want to say really well, uh, but fairly well. There's good stuff that's going on there. There's good things in the future for sure. I just don't necessarily, and this will be a different way of talking about this topic, I just don't necessarily think I believe in Brock Osweiler. I think when we were looking, you know, if we were to go five years in the future and look back, I think what we'll be thinking about with Brock Osweiler was, man, remember when that guy got that big contract? Mm-hmm. You know, like, remember when my backup quarterback has that big contract? Because I really do think that he is just kind of, Average to above average. Nothing special. I mean, even Matt Flynn laughed at his contract. And that's Matt Flynn, the highest paid backup, uh, you know, who got his money from one game, basically, against the Detroit Lions. But, yeah, it's just I think we're going to be looking back at that and just kind of kind of laughing about it in a way. Um, you know, because it's just he didn't really put up spectacular numbers. He put up fairly good numbers, but it's not the kind of thing that you go out there and you pay the money Houston Texans paid. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing that I'm thinking of is, and this is the only thing that Houston is missing, is a run game. And what does Denver have now that they matched? Well, I mean, they could have lost C.J. Anderson, but they went ahead and matched the offer sheet that they got back from Miami, so C.J. Anderson's going to stay in Denver. That's the one thing that Denver has that Houston doesn't, and I know Houston fans right now are probably thinking, yeah, but Ricky, that defense from last year keeps Von Miller but loses Danny Trevathan, who is now with John Fox and the Chicago Bears right in Mark's backyard, in our backyard, and defensive lineman Malik Johnson is – all the way in Jacksonville playing for the Jaguars right now. So you lose some key pieces. You keep Von Miller, who's the MVP of that defense. Destroyed the uh, the entire playoffs. Destroyed the entire playoffs. Destroyed Cam Newton, too. But you lose Jackson and Trevathan, so that is two big hits. But, I mean, Houston did lose Will Fork. I don't know if that's the same as losing Trevathan and Jackson, but I would still say that Denver, to me, is a front runner to maybe win the Super Bowl over Houston. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely, I definitely would agree with that. If these two teams are playing in the AFC Championship game, 
I'm expecting Denver to win. I don't well, really care who the quarterback not, is. Not just that. I mean, the odds of each team getting to that championship game, I would put it more in Denver than Houston. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually kind of, you know, I'm talking about, like I said before, five years in the future and look back. I mean, I think it's more likely that we're sitting sitting there going, yeah, how improbable is it that Mark Sanchez came into the Denver Broncos and won a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. You know, and Brock Osweiler sitting there with his one Super Bowl ring, but it was as a backup. You know, I, I definitely think, I really, this is, we'll talk about this soon enough, but I really think that they could do whatever. They could pull in whoever, you know, whether it's through free agency or the draft. Mm-hmm probably be just fine over over in Denver and that kind of goes to show why a guy like Brock Osweiler doesn't need to get that much money and uh, the, or as much money as he got and the one thing I just looked up and this is to go and strengthen that point of the run game in the games that Brock Osweiler started for these are the ones that he started or played in like the last what was it eight that he started for um, Denver in every single one of those games except two. Every single one. So in six out of the eight games, Denver had over 100 rushing yards from its running backs. Only the game against Kansas City and the game against Oakland, they had less. And how it went down was 69 against the Chiefs, then 170 against your Bears, then 179 in the overtime win over New England. Then you've got 134, the 34, which was the bad game where they lost 15 to 12 to Oakland. But then 104, 113, and then 210 yards. Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson had 117 and 95, respectively. And each of them had a touchdown. So, I mean, I would look at that and go... You're just joined a team that got rid of their star running back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – I mean, he's got to hope that they go and, and get Ezekiel Elliott, basically. Uh, well, that's that, the only way they're going to repeat that. Well, that if Zeke drops that far, yeah, that's what it's going to become. Because, I mean, the one thing that you got to look at – and, I mean, we'll bring – we're going to bring the draft up in a little bit. Maybe this is the thing to segue us into it right before we ask the final question of how Brock's going to do in Houston. But if you look at the order now of the NFL draft, New York doesn't need a running back. or They actually can go running back because they went ahead and signed JPP and they got another defensive end for themselves because they don't have to go defensive end. Now they're a team that could go ahead and take Elliott, but who I have going with Elliott in my last mock draft was the team that now actually traded up to number eight and swapped with Houston, or not with Houston, with Miami. Philadelphia could go ahead and grab Zeke at number eight. So I don't even think that Zeke falls to Houston anymore. Yeah, that'd be unfortunate for for Brock Osweiler, that's for sure. And I mean... That's that's only going to help him repeat what happened in Denver. And I mean, there are other running backs that they could go and get, but nobody that's as, I'm going to say, competent or could come in and be a stud for Brock uh-huh. the Cock than Ezekiel Elliott. But before we move on to our next kind of topic, I think the last thing we got to talk about is what do you expect from Brock next year, and is Houston a playoff team with Brock at the helm? 
you know, I, I do think that I think that Brock Osweiler would be, you know, like I said, a, a fairly good starter with nothing too special in Houston. Uh, you know, a team that we could see showing up in the wild card every now and then. Uh, the problem is Andrew Luck's going to dominate this division for the remainder of his career, essentially. He's basically just going to be Peyton Manning. How often did Peyton Manning and the Colts not win that division? Uh, then, with that being said, there's some other teams there that are doing better. You know, they're going to do better as well. Tennessee Titans, it's going to take a little bit, but they're going to get up there. Jacksonville Jaguars are looking like they're going to actually compete pretty well, too. Honestly, if I'm ranking all the quarterbacks in this division, Brock Osweiler is coming dead last. He is dead last to me. With, if I'm even, he, wait, wait, he's even behind Tennessee? Even behind Marcus Mariota. Okay. I'm going to put him, I'm going to put Mariota above Brock Osweiler just because I like what Mariota can do. And now Mariota has a running back in DeMarco Murray. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I, I don't think it's anything that's really at Brock Osweiler's fault. It's just he's an average quarterback who's now going to be judged. You know, average to above average, I don't want to discredit him, mm-hmm. going to be judged at like an Aaron Rodgers level because that's kind of, you know, what he's maybe not so much of that, but he's getting paid big boy bucks now. Yeah. But he's going to get compared to the big boys. And I really honestly think when we're looking back, I don't think we're going to remember this whole transaction and, and the way this went. I don't think we're going to remember it too fondly. I think eventually some people are going to start talking and people in the Broncos organization are going to talk about how Brock Osweiler cut off all contact essentially and he wasn't really you know, being a good sport about it. He was really upset. You know, maybe some people talk about how in the locker room he was just kind of, you know, not very happy or whatever it might be. I think we're going to be looking back and we're not going to be looking at Brock Osweiler too fondly. Uh, you know, I, I think it'll be more of something like that, where I say, like, that hurts him more than his actual play, because I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be average and probably play for a while, you know, before maybe getting replaced, maybe bouncing somewhere else again because, you know, Houston goes and gets a younger guy or something like that. I just don't – I don't see anything beyond the average quarterback that doesn't really accomplish much. Well, and the one thing you just brought up, and I'm going to put another positive in why he should have – went back to Denver is the divisions and just so short of time has gone on since free agency started. It's only been a week. Technically it's only been a week. Tomorrow will be a week as we're recording this late Tuesday night and every single team, maybe even my, like I may say minus the Colts cause they're with a healthy Andrew luck. They are the front runner in the AFC South. That's with a healthy luck, though. But every other team that Houston's going to go up against, Jacksonville and Tennessee, both of those teams got better. Malik ja- or Malik Johnson, the, line- the lineman we talked about who left Denver, where did he go? Jacksonville. Who's Jacksonville also getting back? 
oh, they're also going to get back Dante Fowler Jr. So he's going to play his first year. That's two guys that are going to be coming right after Brock the Cock. And then if everybody's right in the draft and the Jaguars go out and take a cornerback, that means they're either going to have Jalen Ramsey, depending on what the Titans do. Well, actually, you know what? I'll go ahead and say this. There's a chance that Brock has to go up against both Jalen Ramsey and Vernon Hargraves III four times a year next year because they're like Jacksonville's going to take one of them. Who, if one of those guys falls to five, Jacksonville's got him. However, there's a chance Tennessee could go ahead and take Jalen Ramsey at number one. I mean, that's the surprise I had in my last mock draft. So if that happens and Ramsey goes to the Titans, Hargraves goes to Jacksonville, then right there, you're Brock the Cock, and you've got to go up against two the two best defensive backs from this rookie class that we're going to see coming out this April, I just think it's a harder division. And this AFC South has gotten so much harder. I didn't even mention DeMarco Murray, who's now right behind Marcus Mariota. So, I mean, you pick the harder division, and I get it. Maybe that's why he was saying this is an opportunity I couldn't pass up. I can be the number one starter. It's a harder division. I can prove myself, kind of flip the bird to Denver when I do when he thinks he's going to win. But I would stay in a division where I mean, the Chiefs are your only, the the Chiefs are your only competition. The Chargers are kind of dwindling. Like, uh, are we going to stay? Are we going to go? Oakland's the same way. Oakland's better. Let's be honest. Oakland's better than they were. They're on an upward tick, which is weird to say for Oakland. But really. Right as of right now, the Chiefs are your only competition. If you're Denver, why wouldn't you stay in that division? I don't think Brock makes the play as of right now. I mean, there's a lot to go this offseason, but if I had to give a pick right now, I don't think Brock makes the playoffs. There's no way he wins the AFC South. Right now, I'm putting my money on the Colts. And if you're a Houston fan, you are just a uh, sigh of relief because. Ricky didn't pick your team to do anything right now, so you have no possibility of being the kiss of death victim. However, we'll see how that goes at the offseason when we get into season picks. But now let's focus on Denver, Mark. And Denver has a quarterback vacancy that they need to fill. They traded for Mark Sanchez, and I mean, it's kind of like the way I heard it described best was How much of a piece of garbage are you, Mark Sanchez? Oh, that's right. You were traded for one 2017 conditional pick. So they get Mark Sanchez. However, there's there's options for Denver to get a quarterback. I'm going to ask you this. Do you go ahead and draft a quarterback with 31? Do you take a Paxton Lynch who will probably be there? Or if you're Denver... Do you trade for a Colin Kaepernick, even though Colin Kaepernick has said, I want to go to Cleveland? Here's what, here's what I think. First, I want to give credit to Mark Sanchez um, for putting himself in a pretty oh, – I mean, if he didn't put himself, but he got himself into a pretty good situation. I mean, it's open competition, one, mm-hmm. and really there's not – currently there's nobody on that roster actually competing with you. Um, if someone will show up, maybe a couple people will show up, Right now, there's nothing. 
so he's got a very good chance of starting. Uh, with that being said, too, I also like how he went out and said, I have no wife, I have no girlfriend, I only care about football, or whatever it exactly it was his quote was, um, which looked pretty, pretty funny to me. Uh, also made him sound pretty sad. Is it a stab but, at Johnny Manziel, though, what, with the girlfriend it, part? It could be. I don't know. I think it was just him saying, I only care about football. Yeah, me. like, you don't have to worry about me uh, doing anything stupid. Although there have been, haven't there been past videos of him with uh, hot chicks that we freaked out about once or twice? Um, it's possible. I don't really remember too much. Uh, it's definitely possible, though, in this, in the way, you know, TMZ has affected the NFL now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, to, to kind of answer your question, here's what I would do for, for Denver. I would give Kaepernick a shot if you can try and trade for him. But right now, it seems the San Francisco 49ers want a second-round pick, and the Broncos want to give a fourth. Um, maybe they could meet at a third, but I don't know if Colin, if, in my eyes, I don't know if Colin Kaepernick were a third round pick. So you go, okay, cool. Maybe that won't happen. Who else do we look at? Maybe RG3. You know, maybe you bring the guy in. Uh, I, I definitely think if you can bring any guys in, sure. If you can go ahead and draft a guy like Paxton Lynch, you might as well. You know, because at least he can lose that, you know, quarterback competition and be the winner because he'll have time to sit and learn and not get thrown into the wolves. Um, I, I really think that the, the best course of action right now is almost like, you know, high school football or peewee football. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not called peewee, Pop Warner. Um, and just say, all right. Everybody come, everybody try out, and somebody will win. You know, just invite anybody who possibly wants to play quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Let them come. Let them essentially try out. Because cutting a guy like Mark Sanchez would be simple. Getting a guy like RG3 on the team and cutting him or trading him or just stashing him as a backup, it'd be pretty easy if he loses the competition. You know, there's, they're not really going to lose anything out of doing this. Because mm-hmm. it's, really, it's not like there's a guy who, you know, is the star. It's not like you're going to pay somebody the money that Brock Osweiler just got paid. So you can feel free to do that competition. For a guy like Paxton Lynch, I'd say why not? It's not like the team has that many needs and Paxton Lynch isn't going to be there when they have their next pick. So why not take a shot at the guy Assuming, you know, John Elway likes the way he's built up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing, there are so many things that Denver can do with their situation. Apparently, they've offered a contract at Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Fitzpatrick wants more money because arguably, and arguably so, because he had a pretty damn good season with the New York Jets this year, but... The one thing I was thinking about while you were talking, Mark, was if I was a Denver Bronco fan right now, I would be petrified. I would be scared to death of what this team may like. It may not be next year, but maybe the year after what this team may come now that you don't have 
Peyton Manning anymore because the first thing I think of is who's the guy that is at the helm of your team? Who Who's your head coach? Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak has not won a Super Bowl as a head coach unless he's had Peyton Manning. I mean, that's, I mean, you may say, well, Ricky, you're just making an easy just kind of jab at Gary Kubiak. He may be a good coach. I, I don't think Gary Kubiak is the best of coaches when it came to, like, actually getting a team, unless he had that star quarterback. I'm Matt Schaub. Look at all the times. I mean, they got to the playoffs, but they never got anywhere in the playoffs. That's the thing with this team, and this is going to be the big question. Can Gary Kubiak do it without that greatest, oh, like greatest of all time type quarterback leading your team? Can you do it? I Right now, I'm sitting there going, I don't think so. So that's why I'd be scared. Plus, Mark Sanchez is your quarterback right now. Mark Sanchez is your quarterback, and RG3 doesn't, like, that doesn't appeal to me. My best interest is, you know what, we have a ton of needs where we can get an offensive tackle. We can go ahead and get a defensive lineman with that 31st pick. We can get a tight end with it and take um, Hunter Henry. However... Quarterback is pretty much number one right now, and Paxton Lynch at 31, at least we've got the guy who could go ahead and just be that guy for us in the future because I don't think it's Mark Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, Mark Sanchez isn't definitely going to be an exciting guy. But I think... I think that he can at least do the job essentially that Brock Osweiler was doing, you know, in a Gary Kubiak offense that has a run game because he was very successful as the New York Jets starting quarterback when they had a good run game and a good defense, Mm -hmm. which is what Denver has. So he can just essentially do what he, you know, became known for in his, you know, first two, uh, I think it was two years, not three but those first couple to few years in the NFL, uh, you know, and at least serve as a serviceable guy until someone like Paxton Lynch is ready to come in or, you know, Connor Cook, whoever they might draft. Connor Cook, who, by the way, really believes he's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, but it's just, for the Denver Broncos, it's interesting to me. And maybe, you know what, maybe this is a good reason why Brock Osweiler wanted to leave. Because we're sitting here talking about how he should stay. The Denver Broncos are the better team. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't see the future uh, of the Houston Texans. But at the same time, I don't think either one of us are that convinced about Gary Kubiak. Oh, exactly. I don't exactly. think one of us think is going to be a repeater or anything. So maybe Brock Osweiler made the right move. Let's be honest. Are you uh, putting all your chips in on Bill O'Brien, though? Uh... No, I mean, I do think he's a good co- uh, good coach, though. But he's, and I, like, Bill O'Brien's not the guy that I think, oh, man, greatest of all time, he's a Super Bowl head coach. Oh, no, definitely not. Um, but, I mean, I do think, I, I don't want to say he's better than Gary Kubiak. I think we need to see more out of him. But I do think he can be successful. Um, it's just that, 
of all that division, I don't think he can be the most successful. It's just one of those things where, you know, I, I look at it, I look at the Denver Broncos, and, you know, it's it's not bad, but I can see them, I don't see them being the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, I see them more being the Green Bay Packers. Always good. Sometimes they're the favorites. You know, not with Aaron Rodgers, of course. They're not going to have that level of quarterback now. Yeah. But they're just going to always be that team that seems like they should win, gets to the playoffs, doesn't win. You know, as opposed to being the Patriots, which gets to the playoffs, most likely is going to get there, at least to the AFC Championship game, mm-hmm. uh, but can very well go to the Super Bowl. Do you want me to uh, say something and scare Bronco fans? Do you want me to scare yeah, Bronco I think, fans? I think you should do that. Right now, and Denver Bronco fans, I am speaking to you personally right now. I know the position you are in very fondly, except there's one difference. My team, the Minnesota Vikings, if you're new to the podcast and did not know, that's my team. 2009-2010, we had a certain quarterback that came over from the Green Bay Packers. Mark, do you, do you remember that guy's name? Uh, I don't, actually. We had Brett Favre, good old number four. 2009? I don't really, I don't really know who that is. <laughs> 2009, great season, 16-game starter. You know, went to the NFC Championship game before uh, he got broken by Bounty Gate. He comes back in 2010, plays 13 games, Gets destroyed by the Bears in Minnesota on that frozen field. Retires. 2011 draft rolls around. And the Vikings are sitting pretty at 12. And that's that's the main difference in this. That Denver, like, I've lost a... Because Brett Favre was almost our closest thing to Denver's Peyton Manning. It was yeah. a quarterback that I was happy with a starter and is arguably one of the best of all time. Is Brett Favre the best? Probably not anymore because Peyton Manning broke all his records, but before Peyton Manning broke all his records, Brett Favre had all the records. So mm-hmm. at that time, it was like Peyton Manning walked away from the game. And I'm sitting there at number 12, and the Vikings at number 11, and I'm going to put together some similarities that would be the exact same if Paxton Lynch is taken at 31st. Not only did the Vikings take a quarterback, this quarterback was the third quarterback taken off the board. Actually, no, fourth. He was the fourth behind Cam, Locker, and Gabbert. So he was the fourth. Paxton would be the third. But with number 12, we took Christian Ponder. Ponder played three seasons for us. That last season only played nine games. 2014, we went ahead and drafted Teddy Bridgewater. So the kind of connection that I'm kind of making here is Denver fans don't think that, oh, just because, like, oh, we're going to draft Paxton at 31st overall. Don't think just because you're drafting this quarterback, he's going to be able to replace Brett Favre. Because if if your history, or your future, I should say, plays out like my team's history did, 
Paxton Lynch is just a kind of placeholder. And if I'm doing the math right in my head, your next quarterback is either a freshman in college right now or a senior in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think there's some, some case to be concerned, but that's one thing I do like about Paxton Lynch. A lot of comments about him were he can be really good in the NFL. He just needs a year or two mm-hmm. for, you know, to catch up. Oh, and he'd be thrown right into the fire in Denver. I, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that because I think that there's such a open quarterback competition, and John Elway is the kind of guy to you know get Brock Osweiler and sit him for a long time. You know, like he's the kind of guy to say, "I don't care." Yeah, I don't but care that we drafted you 31. It's You're easy because Mark Sanchez is the guy who won the job or whatever. It's easy to make that kind of a it's easy to make that kind of a decision when the guy you're sitting behind is Peyton Manning. But when the guy that Paxton would be sitting behind as of right now is Mark Sanchez. That to me gets a little murky because Mark Sanchez, when he's on, he's a pretty good quarterback. I'll be honest. When Mark Sanchez is on and is playing his best football, He's a decent quarterback. However, he's not on very often or hasn't been on very often in recent history. And it's because of that right there that as soon as he messes up that first time, as soon as he messes up, it's kind of the same thing we mentioned with Johnny Manziel. Oh, as soon as uh, McCown messes up, you're going to hear the, Johnny football. Well, this one will be Paxton Lynch or whatever you want to call him. The Lynch chance would start. It doesn't roll off the tongue like Johnny football, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's possible, but I don't think that the Denver Broncos team is bad enough to where they'll be in that situation. I really don't. I think with, you know, with the great run game that they have, the great defense that they have, you know, essentially the best defense in the NFL, mm-hmm. at least last year. We, we assume it'll translate again this year, losing a couple pieces. But I don't don't necessarily think they'll be in a situation where they're bad enough where they're getting blown out of games or, you know, they've lost three games in a row and the crowd's saying, all right, well, when's the time to start the young guy? You know, I don't think they'll necessarily be in that situation. And I also think that, you know, uh, John Elway comes from a different era. John Elway comes from an era where there wasn't instant gratification. You know, you did have to wait. You did draft a quarterback and let him sit there for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think he would be able to kind of ignore that pressure pretty easily. Now, I'm going to throw out two names, and I'm going to let you kind of tell me which you would do. I'm looking right now at WalterFootball.com, and they have, going to the Broncos, 94th overall in the third round, Dak Prescott, quarterback out of Mississippi State. He's not the one I was going to throw out. I was going to throw out a certain a certain quarterback from the Ohio State University. Is there maybe a chance that, I mean, John Elway's, they've done it before when they've drafted Tim Tebow. And when I say that, they've draft, they've made the crazy move before because that was definitely, to me, a crazy move to draft 
Tim Tebow when they did. Does John Elway go, you know what? We don't need Paxton at 31. We're going to hit a different need because I can get a guy, maybe a guy like Dak Prescott, who coming out of Mississippi State, or the big name who won a national title two years ago, Cardell Jones. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see Jones happening. I, I honestly don't really see Jones getting drafted by anybody. Um, I, I just, I just don't think he ever really showed that much. Yes, the man won a national championship, and mm-hmm. that was a crazy streak that he went on. But then, what did he do next year? Nothing anybody's proud of. He should have came so, out last year. He should have. He should have. Um, you know, it's. It's, I don't see him. I don't see him in the conversation at all. Undrafted free agent, basically, um, or CFL. You know, so Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, I can see something like that happening. You know, maybe Christian Hackenberg. Uh, you know, one of these type of guys who's going to be available later, or it might even be the situation where they, you know, they they sign RG3. They've already got Mark Sanchez. Uh, they find their way to, you know, somebody else they feel kind of comfortable with. Um, and they sit there and go, okay, well, we got three guys. Let them compete. You know, let them see. And we'll reevaluate because we just don't care that much about this draft class of quarterbacks. You know, and, and this is a great defensive draft class. Mm-hmm. So maybe they want to focus on, you know, filling some of the holes that there are now, you know, getting young guys in there to replace some of the guys, the veterans that left. It's definitely definitely an option in that case. Uh, and in that situation, you're doing exactly what I said you'd do with Paxton Lynch, and you're saying, cool, quarterback X is going to start because they will do well enough. You know, we can probably win the division, you know, or at least be in competition with the Chiefs and maybe the Raiders to win this division uh, with, you know, quarterback X. And just let this guy sit. Don't throw him into the fire. Let him do whatever learning it is that he needs to do, whatever catching up that he's going to need to do. Especially maybe if a guy like Robert Kemdichie falls. Because yeah. then they would, like, I just think, who did the Broncos trade up for last year? A guy in Shane Ray that had some, some questions and he fell. So maybe if Kemjichi's there, they take him at 31 and look at the quarterback for a different time. But it's going to be interesting to see what Denver does with their murky kind of quarterback situation. But let's move on. The last thing we're going to talk about, the kind of deal that happened today, and it kind of surprised me that it happened. The New England Patriots go ahead and trade defensive end Chandler Jones to the Arizona Cardinals for guard Jonathan Cooper and a second-round draft pick. Mark, just when you saw this deal, who won, who lost, the Patriots or the Cardinals, or was it even and both teams got better? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say the, the Patriots got better. Um, I think it was nece- I think it's a necessary move for, for New England because – that offensive line is terrible. They let, you know, they let a prized possession that is Tom Brady get hit way too many times. Well, if they were uh, able to protect him, they may have been in the Super Bowl. Very well. Uh, you know, they definitely could have. So, so that's you know, it's something that they needed to do. It's something they needed to address. And don't be surprised 
if they readdress it in the draft. Um, offensive line is a huge thing. Uh, now, I don't necessarily, and, and you know, and of course, also they freed up cap space. That's pretty important too. Um, but Chandler Jones going to going to Arizona, that's that's pretty big too. Mm-hmm. Arizona's thrilled; they're loving it. Uh, they're, they're really happy. If anyone won, I'd probably say it's Arizona. Um, I think both teams did kind of get better by it, but I think it was kind of a lateral move for the Patriots. They lost something good. They got something good. You know, it's just kind of a very even move. They didn't necessarily come out ahead in this. They just kind of did something they needed to do by losing something that they could kind of afford to lose. I don't think the second-round pick is that huge of a deal. Um, yeah, it's definitely nice to have it, especially when you don't have a first-round pick. But that's the thing. You don't have a first-round draft pick this time. So you need you know, you know, need to, to get more youth in there. Of course, the Patriots like to trade back anyways. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I would say Arizona probably won this one. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of leaning towards – I'm looking at an article right now. And the the headline of it reads Chandler Jones trade had shade, has shades of Richard Seymour swap in '09. And if you're too young or don't remember what happened in 2009, was the Patriots sent defensive lineman Richard Seymour to the Raiders for a 2011 first round draft pick. That's what went down. And this one, kind of the same thing. They send a guy like Chandler Jones, who is a very effective, a very good defensive end. However, the big need for New England is they need offensive line help. And let's be honest, if they had their draft pick, if if it wasn't taken away in Bounty Gate or Deflate Gate, that's what I meant to say, Deflate Gate, then... They'd be sitting with, what, the 30th overall pick? It'd be the 30th overall pick because the Panthers would have 31 and the Broncos would have 32. So you'd be sitting there and going, okay, well, an offensive tackle or an offensive guard is going to go to the Patriots or they're going to trade back because that's what the Patriots love to do. But they don't have that first-round pick, so... That's why I feel like they had to make this kind of a trade. They had to do it. They had to make it. And it was just, it's one of those things where I like it from the Patriots side because Tom Brady, we don't know how long he's going to play. He he says he's going to play till he's like 70, but uh, I don't think he's going to get that far, Mark. I don't think he's going to get to the big 7-0 in the NFL. So the time that you have with him, you have to go ahead and just say, hey, you know what? Boom, there you go. You know what? We got to protect him while we've got it right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's obvious. I mean, the, the, the championship game made it obvious. They have to protect Tom Brady. If they don't, you don't win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a simple equation of football right there. Protect your quarterbacks and you can win games. Um yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, it's not often that we talk about guards, and you know, in podcasts and in the media at all. Um, 
but it's something that needed to happen. Like you said, not having a first-round pick this time makes it a lot more necessary to where they have to do something like this to, to kind of cover that. Uh, and I, I don't I, – I fully expect the Patriots to go out and during the draft, you know, maybe again in free agency, try and find a couple more guys to really solidify, to add depth, to kind of give themselves some options, you know, in the preseason to kind of explore different different groups, different formulas to see mm-hmm. what works for them. Because this is a great team. This is a team that, you know, with the, the Broncos losing, losing Brock Osweiler essentially became the favorites again to go to the Super Bowl. Um, if you weren't, you know, if you didn't already think they were the favorite. So, you know, a team being the favorite, they got to do whatever they can to protect Tom Brady because he's the, you know, he's the guy that's going to get you there. And, I mean, when you look at Jonathan Cooper, he was a top 10 draft pick in 2013. However, he's kind of been, to me, I'm going to use the word forgotten on this team a little bit because, yeah, he signed the four-year deal in 2013 on it was late July that he signed that deal, but in his third preseason game of 2013, he broke his fibula, and they placed him on the IR that season. So, I mean, you get an early injury in your rookie year, wasn't able to kind of, to me, wasn't able to jump up and be the kind of tackle that they wanted him to be. But I did a little research right now, and in that Richard Seymour trade, the Patriots went out and drafted with 17th overall. That was the Oakland pick for 2011. They basically traded Richard Seymour, who was a defensive lineman, much like Chandler Jones, for off for offensive tackle. They drafted Nate Solder, who's still on the team. Yeah. So, I mean, that was another move where, hey, we need to protect Tom Brady, and the Patriots know it. Tom Brady is... He's the franchise in New England, and whatever you're going to do, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. And, I mean, if you're looking at, well, Ricky, what else can this do? I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers yet behind it, but depending on how much cap space or money this may free up, I know with the Richard Seymour deal, it freed up, 7.79 7.79 million they were able to go out and get Jamie Collins down to Hightower Malcolm Butler who made the best play of their Super Bowl win over the Seahawks so this may be a move where it's like okay it may be a little more than what's exactly at, on the table for the Patriots yeah yeah exactly it, it, and you know a guy like Bill Belichick is going to going to get a lot out of his players. He mm-hmm. always does. He, it, I don't know if there's anybody except for, you know, maybe Pete Carroll, who's better at getting guys to perform better than what they really are and what their expectations were. Um, so so I, have no, I have no doubts that they can get it done, whether it's, you know, in the middle of the draft or it's this trade right here. And it's, it's just, it's unfortunate that a guy like Chandler Jones is what you have to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, however, with that being said, I mean, it definitely puts some weight into a team that no one's talking about this offseason, the Arizona Cardinals. 
uh, and what they can do because well, they got thrashed. They got thrashed in the NFC Championship game, and I feel like that's why. Until it all fell apart, I mean, they were looking great. They were looking like shoe in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they pretty much wore your shoe in. Um, so, you know, they definitely looked great. Now everybody's sitting there going, oh, are they the real deal? Are they pretenders? What's, the, what's going on? Was it just a fluke? Or, you know, maybe it's just that that defense was so great. Um, they'll have to be addressed later once I think about it. But yeah, it just kind of goes to show that this is a great team. It just continues to get better. And assuming Carson Palmer doesn't turn the ball over like five or six times, they're right in there. You know, they're right in there with the Patriots mm-hmm. to possibly end up in the Super Bowl. I mean, how often do you have two teams trading with each other that very, very likely could face each other in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, these two teams could go at it in next year's Super Bowl, but the Cardinals weren't just my shoe-in for it. They were also Brian's shoe-in, one of our uh, MVP Army followers. But this is a trade that we're not going to know the implications of it. It's kind of like throwing the pebble into the pool or the pond. The ripples are currently uh, going off, and we're not going to know what those ripples do until a few years down the line but that's going to do it this week for the onside kick i want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to us talk a little bit about football if you love march madness and you love just football we got two links down below for you first off our bracket challenge if you filled out a bracket go ahead enter our bracket pool winner's going to get an amazon gift card and then if you're like but ricky i didn't fill one out we also have a onside kick bracket where we're going through the best wide receivers of all time you guys vote people advance we're going to find out who we think who the mvp and onside kick fan base think are the best wide receivers of all time if you're listening on soundcloud please hit that little heart hit that little repost button hit that follow button if you are on youtube hit the like button hit the subscribe button share this podcast go ahead follow us and tweet at us on twitter i'm at ricky widmer Mark is at the with two E's, Mark Weber. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. I want to thank you guys for checking us out today, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.